As the year winds down, we're looking ahead to 2024 and what changes are in store for many in the financial red zone. That's five to 10 years from retirement. Secure Act 2.0 has rolled out some changes that are shaking up how employer-sponsored retirement plans work. So on today's show, we're going to check some highlights. Welcome in to your retirement with Sam Jones. Well, hi there. Welcome to the show. The show is your retirement. I'm your consumer advocate, Gary Nolan. In the studio with me is Sam Duell and Luke Van Abel. Been in the business for more than 20 years, over 20 years experience. And it is a fiduciary firm, which means by law, have to have the best interest of their clients. And they've been serving the Fox Valley for, like I said, over 20 years. Like to welcome Luke and also Sam back into the show. Hi, guys. How are we doing today? Doing good. Really good today. All right. It's great to be with you. I'm filling in for Chuck. Again, this is uh, Gary Nolan. So let's dive into the show here. We have a show packed full of great information today, and hope we get through most of it because it's really full of great information that our retirees and pre-retirees would be interested in. Now, some of the new Secure 2.0 provisions are already live. There are more on the horizon. Now, the big idea behind all of them is to amp up your retired readiness for folks in the U.S. by making it easier for them to get an employer-sponsored retirement benefit. So the first one, uh, we'll start with you, Sam. Uh, Roth, after-tax contributions can be made now, right, to SEP and simple IRAs, correct? Yeah, that's correct. And SEP and simple IRAs, SEP uh, stands for Simplified Employee Pension Plan. Uh, those are retirement plans that are for small businesses. Uh, so only employers make contributions with SEP plans. While with simple IRAs, both the employer and the employee can make contributions into it. Up until this point, contributions to SEP plans and simple plans had to be pre-tax. Is the SEP uh, uh, under 100 employees, something like that? Did I get that right? Yes, Uh, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, typically under 100 employees, and then there are some special provisions uh, for the uh, the amount that the the employer has to contribute to the employees' accounts uh, if they're taking a full contribution. But uh, many small businesses use that type of a plan, particularly the SEP. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do personally at Dual Financial Strategies uh, because of the uh, extraordinarily high uh, contribution limits that you can make as an as the owner of the business. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on. Employer matching contributions to a Roth account can be done now at is an employee option. That's a, that's a brand new uh, too, isn't it? It is. This is new with Secure Act 2.0. Yes, Gary. Um, so previously, most of you have experienced, you know, seeing that match go into your pre-tax funds because, of course, your employer could then take a deduction as well. Now they are allowing you uh, to receive a match into those Roth or Roth 401k funds. Um, of course, you're not going to get that tax deduction up front for making that contribution. However, Um, Over the rest of your working career and in retirement, you will have the benefit then of not only your contributions, but your employer match being completely tax free along with the growth over time. All right. And looks like the government actually did something nice for uh, folks too. additional exceptions exist to to the 10 percent yearly distribution penalty, right? Yeah. Yeah. Typically, uh, there was a 10 percent early distribution penalty if you took a withdrawal from a retirement plan uh, prior to the age of 59 and a half. Uh, So now we have some additional ones in there that would include terminal illness, uh, net income attributable to excess contributions and distributions in the event of a qualified disaster. uh, And that could be up to twenty two thousand dollars. All right. How about this? A one time only fifty thousand dollar qualified charitable distribution. Is this new as well? 
Yeah, so you can make a charitable gift or have a charitable gift annuity um, in the amount of $50,000. You can also put a one-time $50,000 into a charitable remainder trust or a charitable remainder annuity. This is allowed now. Uh, previously, no benefits were permitted when making a qualified charitable distribution. So this is this is something new. All right, boy, lots to get to today on the show. The show is Your Retirement. I'm Gary Nolan, your consumer advocate, filling in for Chuck Caton today. With me, Sam Dool, Luke Van Abel. They're with uh, Dual Strategies. They have over 20 years' experience, and it is a fiduciary firm, which we talked about before. Very important distinction. When you're looking for a financial advisor, we're going through new changes to the Secure 2.0 Act. The closer we get to the end of the year, these are things that retirees need to know about, all right? How about this one? Uh, the Taking the age for taking the mandatory annual withdrawals, known as RMDs, is now changed as well. Yes, it has. So that RMD, the required minimum distribution that we were just speaking of a little bit ago, uh, is raised to age 73 from age 72. Uh, now, if you were uh, at required minimum distribution age prior to the original SECURE Act, which was Secure Act 1.0 that was in 2020, you're still on the 70 and a half schedule. So if you were taking required distributions before Secure Act, then your schedule didn't change. But for people after that, uh, it went to 72. It's now at 73. And as we move forward by 2033, the age for taking a required distribution is going to go to age 75. And that's because of longevity changes. Uh, folks are living a lot longer, am I right? Yeah, that's correct. It's all has to do with life expectancy. So, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword, really. We talk a lot about uh, uh, withdrawals from IRAs and 401ks and the tax implications for that and how uh, many people don't realize that uh, literally what they've been doing over the last 35 or 40 years contributing into these accounts is just creating a, a massive, massive tax time bomb and liability for themselves. So, um, you know, it's it's kind of which comes first, the chicken or the egg, mm -hmm. Uh the longer you delay taking that, obviously the balance is hopefully going to grow, which means your tax bill is just going to be bigger. So there has to be a lot of planning involved uh, with uh, when you're going to begin taking withdrawals from uh, qualified retirement accounts. Yeah, we talk about longevity risk too. The fact that it sounds like it's a, it's a nice thing to live a lot longer, but boy, you, I bet you have guys in retirement, folks in retirement now thirty plus years. Am I right? Oh yeah, yeah. That's very very easy to achieve, especially in today's world. You know, if you if you retire at age, say, 62 or something like that, you're very likely that you're going to go at least 25 years and maybe 30. Yeah, and we know that the number one fear of retirees is is not death. It's running out of money. When something's number two to death, boy, that's really something to concern ourselves about. All right, uh, the penalty for missed RMDs. Let's go over that one more time. Yeah, so one of the most egregious uh, penalties that old Uncle Sam has had is the 50% penalty for not taking your required distribution. Now, Secure Act 2.0 did change this. They reduced the penalty down to 25%. Um, so whatever you're supposed to take, 25%, plus the taxes on top of that, you still owe the taxes. And they do say that um, if you can correct this in a timely manner, uh, then it could even be reduced down as low as 10%. So that was a, kind of a nice change. Uh, the window uh, for making the correction is two years from the end of the year in which the RMD should have been taken. Uh, that must be what they're were coining as a reasonable time frame. Um, in addition, we have heard <clears throat> that people that um, 
not for our clients, but I've heard from outside people that if you, you can make a request via waiver through the Internal Revenue Service um, by filing Form 5329. And if you do that with a reasonable cause, you may even be able to get the penalty um, put to bed altogether. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good news. But you have to have a reasonable explanation. Not like, you know, when you went to school and said, dog ate my homework. That's not going to cut it, am I right? Uh, I'm assuming not. <laughs> I'm assuming not. <laughs> All right, how about this one? Here's another one. As we uh, move through segment one and reviewing some of the Secure 2.0 uh, new statutes that come into effect uh, next year. All right, a uh, statute of limitation is now created, limiting the period in which the IRS can impose a penalty. What is that all about? Well, it's uh, if they haven't uh, imposed that penalty on your uh, RMD within three years uh, and six years from the tax filing deadline of the year in which an excess contribution was made. Previously, there was no statute of limitations at all. They could come back at any time and impose those penalties. Uh, But now they do have to stay within that statute of limitations. And that's very important to remember, folks, because... um, the IRS is is very typically running two to three years behind on processing tax returns. So you want to be aware of that if you were to ever have that happen to you. All right. How about this one? The catch up, the $1,000 catch up contributions to IRAs and 401ks for those 50 and older will be indexed for inflation. That's uh, that's something brand new as well, right? Mm-hmm. We're seeing that as a new one as well. Mm-hmm. And qualified charitable uh, distributions can also be indexed for inflation as well. Beneficiaries of 529 education savings account, you can uh, roll over a lot more money now, can't you? You can. So you can roll over up to $35,000 left in a 529 plan to a Roth IRA um, in the name of the same 529 beneficiary. Um, So this will allow for extra funds that are there to go into a Roth that can be used for later. Uh, These rollovers are subject to IRA annual contribution limits. So in 2023, you know, if you're under the age of 50 and you're doing that, well, then you can move $6,500 a year up to the $35,000 limit. Um, but it is important to note that the 529 plan must have been in place for at least 15 years. All right. About a minute left. One more before we uh, take our break here and get into the next segment. Roth 401 contributions will no longer be subject to RMDs, guys. Sam. Yeah, that's correct. And this is something, actually a rule that a lot of people didn't even know existed, that there was a required minimum distribution uh, structure for Roth IRAs. That is no longer in place. That, that that rule never made any sense at all because the contributions had already been taxed. We never did understand why they did that. Uh, but now they are excluded from RMD calculations within those 401ks. All right. Another minute or so left, guys. Uh, Tell us, our friends and listeners, what you do for them when they come see you. Well, what we really want to do is just just sit down and talk to you about things that might have struck a chord for you during the program. And we want to be certain that you're on the right path with your own plan. You know, Elon Musk said that people will panic to find a charger if their cell phone's going to die, but they won't panic to find a plan if their dreams are going to die. And folks, we don't want your dreams to die simply because you don't have a plan in place. We always keep a few openings on our calendar just for you. We want you to be able to come into either our Green Bay office or our Appleton office. And typically, we find that there's three specific areas that most of you do not have a true understanding of how much you're paying in fees and commissions, how much unnecessary risk you're taking, and you don't understand the tax implications of your retirement savings. If any of those things resonate with you, we'll get the number for you, the contact information, 
give Rick a call, come in, sit down with us, and we'll get you on the right path for your retirement lifestyle. All right, great advice, Sam. First step, sit down with a financial coach. Sit down with Sam, and Andy's not on the show today, but she's available too, and Luke. And something we've been talking about resonates with you. You feel need to get that second opinion. Want to make sure your plan is really aligned with your goals. A very important risk tolerance we talk about. Here's that phone number, 866-203-7486. To get a look at what your holistic retirement plan can be, Sam, Andy, and Luke and the team will go over income building, tax planning, protective components, and so much more. Get that comprehensive review. No cost, no obligation. They're standing by right now, 866-203-7486. 866-203-7486. All right, we're going to take a short break. We're back with more of your retirement with Sam and Luke in just a moment. What's coming up next, guys? You know, there are many frequently asked retirement planning questions that sometimes go overlooked in the process. Incidentally, these questions can also have the greatest impact on the trajectory of your retirement. We've got answers to these questions coming up when we come back. Well, hi there. Welcome back to the show. The show is your retirement. I'm Gary Nolan, your consumer advocate. With me is Sam Duell and Luke Van Ebel. They've been in the business over 20 years, and their firm, Duell Strategies, is a fiduciary firm, which means by law has to have the best interests of their clients. They're completely independent, what I like to call uh, conflict-free, too. In other words, nobody's breathing down their neck to home what products to sell you. That's not what they do. They've been serving the Fox Valley for over 20 years. I'd like to welcome Sam and Luke back into the show. All right. This show is chock full of great ideas, and we're going to start segment two right now. Now, retirement planning can be complicated and overwhelming for many. Most common questions folks have are oftentimes overlooked or uh, unasked. So don't worry, because the help of uh, Luke and Andy and uh, Sam, we're going to get this uh, professional to answer the questions. 10 most common and important questions about retirement planning to help you navigate to and through retirement and make sure your nest egg is intact. Okay, guys, here's the first one. How much will you really need to spend in retirement? Sam? You know, that's the reason why we tell people when you're getting ready to retire a couple of years before, really sit down and take a look at that retirement budget spending plan that you're going to have. Um, It's crucial that you do that because absent that, you're going to be at a detriment on how to plan for retirement. Because remember, you've been saving all of this money for the last 35 or 40 years. Now this big pocket of money that you've got needs to be turned into an income source for you. Just having a big pile of money and picking away at it until it's gone is not a retirement income plan. So in order to structure the right type of retirement income plan, you need to look at what your lifestyle is going to be, what your health is like, housing, travel goals. Be consulting with financial professionals to determine the type of money you're going to need. And then and only then should you be looking at achieving your retirement goals or having any sort of a conversation with a financial advisor about retirement income or retirement income products. And we find, Gary, an awful lot of times that people will come in and the first thing that the people that they visited with us visited with prior to us wanted to do was started to talk about things that they were going to sell them or they started talking about solutions before they ever even knew what the problem was so make sure that you're working with the fiduciary advisor so that they're putting your best interest first instead of being 
product focused and putting the company that they work for's best interest first. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that, Sam, because a lot of folks they that are not fiduciary firms, they focus on the investment side because obviously that's where they're going to get their income from. Also, you know, you hear the number thrown around like you need one million for retirement. That seems to be the benchmark, but that's not, a, I mean, you must have folks that come in need 4000 a month and others need 20000 a month. It, it, it varies all throughout the spectrum, correct? It's all over the board. I mean, whatever your retirement lifestyle is now, not how much you make now, but how much do you live on now? How much do you have coming into your household net every month after taxes, after contributions to health care plans, after contributions to savings plans? How much are you physically living on now? Because we find that a lot of people, that's going to be your benchmark. Uh, and yeah, that's for whatever reason. I don't know where this ever come up with, but somebody I, apparently just had a dream one night and decided that a million dollars was the number, but you know, uh, you know, funding a retirement in, uh, in little shoot Wisconsin is a little different than funding one in, uh, you know, Manhattan, New York. How about this one, Luke? How do I fund my retirement? How do I fund my retirement? Well, this is another essential question and how to plan for and prepare for retirement. Um, but you need to have a plan. You need to be thinking about, you know, how are we going to generate income to support your lifestyle like sam was just talking about you know you may have retirement accounts you may have 401ks iras pensions things like that um, but you may also need to supplement this income with other sources like social security maybe you're fortunate enough to have a rental property or something like that for those of you that may be a little bit behind the eight ball uh, maybe you didn't save enough to to keep up with the lifestyle maybe you need to work part-time maybe you want to work maybe you want to work part-time just to stay busy Um, and then there's other guaranteed income that can come from annuities Uh, but the shift really here once you go into retirement is not so much about what's that net worth number? You know, what do you have saved and invested? It's more about what's the income now. Um, So maximizing and contributing money to the the many different channels so that later on you can have the right position for income. All right. Now, here's a big one. Here's our third point of this segment. When should I take Social Security, which is basically the foundation for a lot of folks to retirement? We know you can start taking it at 62, but should you? Now, it maxes out at 70. Uh, A very important question for retirees and pre-retirees. Right, Sam? Important and very common. That question people ask all the time. When can I take Social Security or when should I take Social Security? And unfortunately, it's a question that there is no black and white on. It's going to vary from one person to the next. It's going to vary from one lifestyle to the next. Um, Some questions to ask yourself. uh, Are you going to be largely or somewhat dependent on Social Security benefits supplementing your income? Um, How much is your benefit worth as it increases 8% each year when you delay not taking it? Do you have significant balances in IRA or 401k plans? From a tax perspective, should we be spending that money down first so that you don't hit with just unbelievable required minimum distributions later on? Or do we need to take Social Security in order to to supplement that? There's a lot of questions that have to be asked. We do recommend that you create an account for Social Security. If you haven't done that already, you can go to the website www.ssa.gov front slash my account that's ssa.gov front slash my account that'll give you your personalized tools for social security give you estimates of future benefits and then you can use that information to talk with us about when might be the best time for you to turn on your social security also you got to consider family longevity when you're thinking about social security too am i right uh am i right sam 
Yeah, longevity, uh, you know, your health. You got to factor in your health. Uh, you have to think about, uh, is there someone else? So is there going to be a surviving spouse? The biggest mistake that we see made a lot of times is that people don't think about that. They just say, well, I'm just going to take Social Security at 62. They don't really need the money at 62. Uh, but that what they did then is if they have a spouse that doesn't qualify for as high a benefit level as what uh, the, you know, the, the person is taking it was going to get, well, now you've forever locked them into a lower Social Security payment after you pass because Social Security is a greater of the two scenarios. So there's a lot of things that have to be thought about in Social Security. It is not a decision to be made emotionally. We see that all the time. And that is a massive, massive, no do-overs mistake is to make a decision regarding Social Security payments emotionally instead of with a calculator and with reason and thought. The show is your retirement. I'm Gary Nolan, your consumer advocate, filling in for Chuck Caton. Today with me is Sam Duell and Luke Van Abel with us uh, today, and they have over 20 years' experience, and they've been serving the Fox Valley for that length of time. want to give you the phone number. Make sure you get on their calendar. Get stuff all set up on a comprehensive plan, no cost or no obligation. 866-203-7486. 866-203-7486. Seventy-four, eighty-six. We're rolling through some retirement strategies here. Let's get to the next one. Should I take my pension as an annuity or a lump sum? Another big question. Luke, what do you think about that? Yeah, so like your Social Security decisions, the answer to this question comes back to evaluating each family's unique financial situation, circumstances. You know, are you single? Are you married where we're trying to plan for a spouse and making sure that they're taken care of um, in your absence, especially the person who's fortunate enough to have the pension? Um, we can help you find the best answers that suit your situation. A lot of financial advisors may advise you to take the lump sum right out of the gate um, because that's the way they're going to get paid. They're going to be able to help you then. Um, but this might make sense to you. It might not. So take this general advice with a grain of salt um, because it's a question that can vary largely depending on the person and each unique circumstance. So this is where the help of a professional um, can can be great um, to make sure that your needs are being addressed and also exploring maybe some alternative things outside of just the, you know, the set, you know, 100% joint and survivor or the 75% joint and survivor or taking a single benefit. All the time I see people coming in thinking, well, I've, I've just got to take these annuity options. They don't even know that a lump sum exists mm -hmm. and they don't even think about maybe some other tools or things that can be done to maximize those dollars. Yeah, and being that uh, the firm is a fiduciary firm, they're going to give you the best advice that's right for you, and they have to do that by law. So if the lump sum is the best thing to do, they're going to tell you. If not, they would be uh, you know going against their fiduciary responsibilities if they didn't give you their honest answer and opinion. All right, we got a minute or so left. Let's go through this one here. Should I pay off my mortgage or other debts before retirement? We know about high interest rates, credit cards. We generally want to get rid of those, but it depends on uh, your mortgage rate. Am I right? That's really Really it. Yeah, it really depends upon that. And it also depends upon what is your cash flow income going to be. Uh, we typically would look at your situation and many of you that are listening to us, if you do still have a mortgage on your home, which there's not a lot, but if you do, most of you have them at very low interest rates. So the question is, can you use that to your advantage? Is that interest rate that you're paying less than what you could make on your money 
outside. So let's say that you were, let's say your interest rate is 3%. Uh, well, right now you can buy, <clears throat> as we're recording this show, at least you can buy, you know, five year guaranteed multi-year guaranteed fixed annuities in excess of 6%. So it wouldn't make any sense for you to take, especially IRA dollars that you're going to be taxed on and pay off that mortgage of 3% when you could take the same dollars and be making twice the amount in interest as what it would cost you to pay it off. So the question we usually pose to you is, will your retirement income sources, your social security, your pension, your withdrawals from your retirement accounts, can we support that monthly payment that you have with those sources, keeping them intact rather than reducing the value of them by the state and federal uh, government tax levels and effectively paying off a an account that is costing you less to hold than it would be to invest and have the difference. All right. Great advice, Sam. We're up against the clock. Final thoughts on what you'll do for your listeners when they come in and see you. Well, you know, we're just finding that most people are looking for better answers. That's what they're looking for. And you notice when we talk that uh, Luke and I are very passionate about this. We believe that you deserve a confident, independent retirement. So let's sit down and talk about how your portfolio is going to be able to withstand risks like inflation, stock market volatility, taxation. Not only how well can your retirement portfolio handle it, but how well can you handle it. You've worked hard for your money and we're going to work just as hard to help you grow it and help you preserve it. 866-203-7486. Get that comprehensive review all set up for you. No cost or no obligation. Here's the phone number again. 866-203-7486. 866-203-7486. Do it right now while you're thinking about it. We're going to take a short break. Be back with more of your retirement with Sam and Luke. Guys, what's up next for me? Preparing for retirement can feel overwhelming at times, especially for folks who have many questions about the matter. To help clear the confusion, we're answering the final five frequently asked retirement planning questions right now for the financial professional and dual financial strategies. Let's dive back in. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. I'm Gary Nolan, your consumer advocate, filling in for Chuck Caton today. The show is Your Retirement with me, Sam Duell and Luke Van Abel. Been in the business over 20 years, serving the Fox Valley area. And they are a fiduciary firm, which by law has to have the best interest of their clients. And we're rolling through uh, 10 reasons, five down, five to go. Talking about the final five frequently asked questions when it comes to retirement. Now, to clear the confusion, We'll be answering these questions right now about retirement planning questions with a financial professional. Yeah, with Luke and with uh, Sam with us today, as always on the show. All right, let's start with the next one. Number six, how should my money be invested once I retire? Another big question, Mark. Yeah, and once you hit retirement, the rule of thumb is typically that you do not have your money invested after retirement the way you had it invested prior to retirement. You need to be reducing the risk on that nest egg. I mean, you think about it, folks, this is the money you've got to rely on for the rest of your life. So if you make a mistake and you go through another event where you lose 30, 40, 50% of that money, you may or may not be able to complete your retirement. So you've got to look at what is the inherent risk in that. We use a very sophisticated software program called Riskalyze to make determinations on that. And then after we determine 
what risk level you're comfortable with psychologically and what sort of risk capacity you have, we can then build a customized portfolio that's wrapped around what your needs are. And that's important. Walk around what your needs are, not what the needs of the broker are, not what the needs of the company that they are working for is, but what your needs are, because everybody's situation is different. Uh, you know, some people will say, well, we should just probably jump into bonds in retirement. That could be the worst decision you ever made in your life at this point in time, because bonds are no longer the type of stable instrument that they used to be even with government bonds are jumping all over the all over the map so you might want to start looking at some alternatives this doesn't mean that you don't invest at all it doesn't mean that you jump completely out of the stock market there's nothing wrong with having uh, investments in the stock market when you're retired they just have to be relative to what your capacity for risk is but boy having it weighed out on the other side with some very very stable options things like I mean, fixed annuities fixed annuities right now are paying very high interest rates cds at the bank are paying good rates Fixed indexed annuities, a very popular choice for retirees today, gives you the opportunity to participate in the growth of that market index, but the underlying risk is all accepted by the insurance company. So you don't get blown up when you go through 2022s and 2018s and 2007s and 8s. So make sure that you are looking at a plan that is geared towards you and it is touching on all different asset classes to make sure that you have a very good and broad base for your retirement income. You know, Sam, sounds like you've got a sophisticated system to find out what the amount of risk folks have taken. Do you still believe in the with the benchmark, the 100-year strategy where you subtract your age from 100? Is that still valuable, val valid? In our opinion, no. Uh, right. In our opinion, it was never valid. Mm -hmm. it was, it's no different than these uh, goofy questionnaires that a lot of the brokers <laughs> use today. That True. You know, at the end of the day, you answer three questions, and they're all multiple choice. And <laughs> at the end, they say, well, you're conservative, moderate, or are or, or you're aggressive. Mm -hmm. Well, that's just right. that's nonsense. Yeah, there's no you. way to do that. And there's no way to, to do, a, oh, your age less 100. This is the amount you should have in the market. Right. That's nonsense as well. It's all just right. not, it's not real. Yeah, you debunked that, and I'm good. I'm glad you did. Well, you find folks maybe take uh, you know take they don't take enough risk uh, when they retire you need I mean you still want to look at growth don't you when you retire a little bit right oh sure you still want the money to grow you still want these account values especially to keep up with inflation to keep up with withdrawals but the one rule of thumb that we would go by and we we absolutely tell people you've got to live by this when you go into retirement never ever for any reason and under any circumstances, do you take more risk in your portfolio trying to achieve returns that are in excess of what you need in order to live? Mm -hmm. In other words, let's say that you have a withdrawal rate of 2% a year. That's right. how much you're going to have to withdraw. And okay. let's say that inflation is 3 Okay, so now we're at 5%. So in order to, to run with the old adage of, hey, let's spend the, the interest and let's keep the principal, you're going to need to be generating 5-ish plus percent, right? Mm-hmm. So why in the world, if you need to generate five to maintain your principal investment, why in the world would you be jumping and going after 10 yep. or 12? Because all you're doing is you're increasing the, the likelihood of losing that money by many, many, many multiples. So that is, I'll let you in on a little secret. That's the number one rule 
of high net worth investors today and retirees is they will never, ever take more risk with their retirement portfolio than what's necessary to provide them the income they need. Let's get to one more, Luke. Is it necessary to have an estate plan? Absolutely. Um, It is not just for the one percenters or the celebrities that we see um, in the news or on TV. Or the celebrities that don't do it. Or the celebrities that don't do it. Yeah, there's there's many. Which is about as many as the ones that do. Yeah. Yeah. Prince comes to mind where he had an estate worth several hundred million dollars. Um, His estate's still making money. For them to be, uh, some of them, such geniuses and more than happy to tell you how you should live your life or what you should do politically, they're awfully stupid when it comes to their money in a lot of cases. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Essentially, with an estate plan, you are planning for your absence, either physically or mentally. And so a solid estate plan is going to include either a will or a trust, whatever might be best for your circumstances. There's pros and cons to each of these uh, based on your circumstances. Um, And additionally, proper estate planning will include powers of attorney for health care, for finance, allowing someone to act on your behalf if you are physically not here or not of sound mind to make decisions. So this is an absolutely critical uh, piece of a retirement plan. I I often say to to families that come in and sit down with me that you can have the best financial plan in the world, but if we do not address the estate planning piece, it can be absolutely devastating. Right. Stress-free, peace of mind. That's what you want when you move into retirement, and that's what you get when you call the folks at Dual Strategies. They're standing by for you right now. 866-203-7486. 866-203-7486. All right, let's move on to our next one. Should I make adjustments to my retirement plan? I, I'm going to say yes, even before you answer, Sam. <laughs> sure. I mean, yeah, it's going to be fluid. A plan should be fluid. Uh, over time, things could change. Your life could change. Circumstances could change. Your risk tolerances could change. Uh, so, yeah, it needs to be subject to changes through your life and retirement. But now you have to understand that if you're going to make changes to a retirement plan, these need to be changes that are made for a legitimate reason. Uh, unfortunately, 2022-2023 have been, uh, you know, not even remotely uh, close to fun stock market years. So we do see people when we get into scenarios like that, if they have chosen to remain in the market with large portions of their money, uh, they tend to get a little knee jerky and then they get scared. Uh, and what you have to do is you can't make decisions in retirement based upon emotion or based upon stock market conditions. You should have a plan that from the very beginning has parameters. I call them guardrails. And as long as that plan is performing within its expected parameters, it's performing within the expected uh, guardrails, you shouldn't be tinkering with that because the market is a fickle beast and it's going to wax and it's going to wane. So never, ever, ever do you make a change in a retirement income plan based upon emotion. It has to be facts, it has to be logic, and it has to be personalized. All right. Well, you have a few minutes left. Let's get to number nine and number 10. Number nine, what should I know about tax returns in retirement, Luke? Well, retiring will change how you file your taxes each year. Uh, Most people go into retirement thinking they're going to pay less in taxes. Uh, That is likely not true. Sam will talk more about that. Um, But, you know, a tax return is something that's that's really powerful. It's going to give an advisor Um, kind of a snapshot into your scenario. So you absolutely, when you're sitting down with someone, want to bring a copy of your tax return to see um, kind of where you've been 
um, and how you might be able to save some money in the future, uh, depending on how you're taking distributions. Um, we've, we've had situations where people come in and they're pulling from a certain account that's getting taxed, but they're not using the money and there's just inefficiency. So having a review, having someone take a look at it and give you a second opinion, uh, maybe they're not you know, planning or preparing your taxes, but just getting another set of eyes on them is really important. You know, Sam, I wish I had more time for number 10 because you could probably do a whole segment on this. How will taxes impact me in retirement? Uh, very, very significantly. It's the number one thing that impacts people in retirement uh, that they really don't spend any time talking about or thinking about. And the reason why that occurs is because the financial advisors never talk about it. It's, it's even seems to me, I get so many of you that come in and visit with us that says, Hey, we can't even get our tax prepared answer questions for us about taxes in retirement. But remember all of those things that you've saved during retirement, 401ks, IRAs, 403Bs, 457 plans, TSA plans, et cetera, et cetera. You've never paid any taxes on that money. So when you start to take that money out, it's all taxable, every penny of it at state and at federal level. So you're going to pay taxes on that. And we find that a lot of people get into retirement and too late, they realize that when they get to the point they have to take required distributions, in some cases, it pushes them into a higher tax bracket than what they were in when they were working work with a professional that has a very, very detailed and in-depth knowledge of how taxes in retirement work, because I guarantee you that in many instances, the risk that you face from losses to taxes in retirement are much more significant than what you face to losses in the stock market. Yeah, great advice. So some of the things you've already talked about, what you'll do for listeners, uh, a minute or so left, uh, Sam, what else will you do for listeners when they come see you? Well, the biggest thing that, that we're looking for when you come in to see us is just making sure that the puzzle pieces for you are put together correctly. We spend a lot of time talking about these different subjects, but all of the things that we've talked about in the show today, what about Social Security? At what age should you start taking that benefit? Do I want to delay it? Should I delay it? I don't know. What about taxes? Is there a way for you to save money in taxes down the road by planning proactively now? Is there a way to not get pushed into another tax bracket? How about that legacy planning scenario and long-term care? Do you have a plan for those things? Do you have the contingency worst case scenario plan in place so that if that event occurs, you don't get devastated? Those are the types of answers that we provide. Those are the types of puzzle pieces that we help you put into place. 866-203-7486 to get a look at what could be your holistic retirement plan. Sam, Andy, and Luke and the team will go over your income building, tax planning, protective components, and much more. Get that comprehensive review. Again, it's offered at no cost or no obligation. Here's that phone number, 866-203-7486. They're standing by at Dual Strategies, 866-203-7486. Do it now while you're thinking about it. Pick up the phone and punch those numbers in right now. All right, we're going to take a short break. Be back with more of your retirement with Sam and Luke in just a moment. What's up next, guys? When we come back, listener Q&A. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the show. The show is Your Retirement. I'm Gary Nolan, your consumer advocate, filling in for Chuck Caton today. With me in the studio, Sam Duell and Luke Van Ebel. They have over 20 years' experience in the Fox Valley helping you to your retirement and through your retirement. Talk to a lot of folks that are in that 
retirement red zone already, but also many retirees. And again, they are a fiduciary firm, which by law has to have the best interest of their clients. All right. Going to give you the phone number in just a couple of minutes. Make sure you get on their calendar to get yourself all set up with that comprehensive plan. Let's get to our questions that came into us from the phone today. Uh, Bonnie and DePierre, I'm 65 and not retired yet. I'm considering purchasing an immediate annuity using all the funds in my 403 plan upon retirement. And the would the uh, annuity distri- distribution satisfy requirement minimum distributions? How will be uh, how will placing an entire amount in the annuity be taxed? And how will the monthly payments be taxed? We got three and one questions from Bonnie, guys. All right. Hey, Bonnie. Uh, yeah, you're going to want to think very seriously about that immediate annuity option. And what I want you to do, Bonnie, is I want you to just do the math on that thing. Uh, because in today's world, the uh, what we would call the distribution rate on that annuity, the amount of money that you're making on your money per se, uh, it may not be equal to what you could get just using uh, some type of an alternative instrument, even like something like a, a you know, a reasonable certificate of deposit, uh, a, even using like a, a staggering and laddering fixed annuities today or fixed indexed annuities. Uh, so be very careful when you start using an immediate annuity because that means that you are turning over all of the funds in your 403B plan to uh, an insurance company. And depending upon how you take that, uh, you know, let's say that you took a lifetime annuity, Bonnie, uh, and you only live five years after you started it. Well, that was your lifetime. So now all of the rest of that money is gone. It's not going to pass on to a beneficiary. Uh, It may or may not satisfy your required minimum distributions, especially when you get into later ages. Uh, And the taxation of it is going to be the same regardless of whether it's in an annuity or not in an annuity. And that is all distributions out of that plan are going to be taxed as ordinary income. That's just the way that the rules are. Uh, makes no difference whether you're taking it from uh, a stock investment or if you're taking it from uh, an annuity, you're going to be taxed at ordinary income. But be really, really careful uh, when you're using all of your uh, available monies to you into one instrument because that immediate annuity is 100% non-liquid. And once you put your money into it, now you've lost all of your emergency funds. You've lost access to that for uh, discretionary expenses. Uh, you might regret that decision. So that's one of those I would say, let's uh, make sure that you measure it twice and cut it once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Bonnie, make sure you come come in and see uh, Luke and uh, Sam. They can help you through that. You know, guys, uh, you know, Sam, you, uh, Annuities get a lot of bad rap uh, from time to time, but that's because there's so many different kinds. Am I right? And some good ones, some bad ones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're like anything else. Annuities are nothing more than another asset class. There's there's typically about three different flavors of annuities. Uh, an annuity is usually either what we would call a fixed annuity, which just means that it's going to pay you a fixed amount of interest for a fixed period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there is the uh, offshoot uh, of a fixed annuity, uh, which has been around for, oh gosh, well over 30 years now, called a fixed index annuity. Uh, you can have guaranteed interest rate options inside of that, but the attractiveness for most people is that that type of a vehicle allows them to still participate in the growth of stock market indexes, but the insurance company takes all of the risk. So you can have a higher potential level of interest uh, being earned on something like that than you could on a straight product. And then the third type of an annuity uh, is a variable annuity. 
that is the one type of annuity that we believe should not be used, or I wouldn't say that we would say it should not be used. It's just that in all of our experience over the last two decades plus, I've never ever found a scenario where a variable annuity was a better alternative than something else. And there's multiple reasons. Uh, they can be quite expensive to own. Uh, they still carry the same levels of risk as it would if you just had the money in the in the stock market in a mutual fund. Uh, so there's a there's a there's a lot more in our opinion at least. There's a lot more reasons not to use a variable annuity than there would be to use one. But for those of you that are very conscious of volatility, very concerned about losing money, uh, a good fixed or fixed indexed annuity could be a good option for you. Yeah, and that's why that's the one that. Gets it's a bad rap. We talk about variable annuities from time to time. You know, then you get some folks say, I absolutely do not want an annuity. Say, well, do you have Social Security? Yes. Do you have a pension? Yes. Well, guess what? Those are pretty much annuities. So, they, yeah. They are annuities. <laughs> exactly yeah. right. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Herman and Grand Shoots. I have automatically enrolled in my company's 401k plan for years. I'm 55, plan to retire at 65. Is there anything I should be doing now to help me out to get to retirement, Luke? Hi, Herman. It's hard to say uh, without knowing more details here. Um, it would be recommended to reach out, have a conversation with us um, for anybody who's just wondering what they can do between now and retirement, whether that's six months, whether that's 10 years like it is for you, Herman. That's a great question to be asking. Uh, but things like, you know, how much are you contributing now? Great that you're set up on automatic but how much are you putting in? What percentage? Do you get any sort of match? Um, how much do you have as a retirement nest egg that you'll be able to use uh, to draw from? And what is your lifestyle cost? We talk about that all the time uh, because that lifestyle cost is going to determine what you need to be doing now for the next 10 years to maybe get to an appropriate level if you're al not already on the right track. And additionally, we can discuss your appetite for risk, Oftentimes, people think that they are taking lower levels of risk than they are in reality. Uh, so having that checked, having another set of eyes on that is really important. And not just having someone willy-nilly looking through your holdings and saying, well, I think you're at about this level. Using specific tools that are designed for this um, that will generate a number between 1 and 99 as to the exact amount of risk that you're taking uh, becomes critical. And then... Um, there's many other tools, many other things that should be talked about, like Social Security, Medicare, health insurance, your taxes, estate planning. All the things that we talk about on this show are things that we can talk about in that first segment and that first visit that we sit down and talk about whatever's on your mind, whatever concerns you um, is what we should be talking about to get you ready for 10 years from now. You know, Luke, as I listen to you speak, I know this is not a do-it-yourself situation. Retirement planning can be very uh, difficult to do on your own, and you could make costly mistakes. And that's, you know, we, whatever analogy you want to use, you know, too many puzzle pieces, too many moving parts. But certainly it really is and can be very complicated, very costly if you don't do it right. So Herman and Bonnie, let me give you the phone number right now, 866-203-7486. And everybody else listening, 866-203-7486. Get on the calendar now. You deserve 
deliver a more comprehensive plan for retirement. You want to be stress-free as you move into retirement. The show is Your Retirement. I'm Gary Nolan, your consumer advocate, filling in for Chuck today. With me is Sam and Luke. Let's get to our third question here. Marjorie Pulaski, my husband is recently retired postal employee, and we're confused as to whether he can take out a large amount of his 401k without risking losing his pension. He says he can only make 22000 a year now that he's retired and will be penalized if he earns more than that. So if we take out 25000 above the 401k, does that count against the 22000 he permitted to make extra per year? Interesting question from Marjorie. Yeah, um, Marjorie, with the details that, that are in the question there, uh, it's it's a little hard to decipher exactly what it is that that he's wondering about. I'm 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 imagining that what he's wondering about is how much money he can earn without affecting that. And taking money out of a 401k, that's not earned income. That's just ordinary income that goes on a tax return. Uh, so earned income would be from a job. So if you had a job and you get a W-2 at the end of the year, that's earned income. That counts towards income limitations. Uh, if you are working, and let's say that you're a contract employee, a lot of people that do consulting would be uh, considered contract employees, they have issued to them something called a 1099. That also goes into the ordinary income bracket. So I believe what he's probably talking about is earned income. Uh, and the withdrawals from a 401k uh, would not have any uh, effect on earned income. All right, let's get to our final question. Danny in Green Bay, myself and my spouse are both 65 and recently retired. Between Social Security and savings, we have enough to live on on a reasonable amount of comfort. We each have $500,000 in term life insurance policies that are coming up for annual renewal. At what point does it make sense to cancel these policies? About a minute left, uh, Luke. Hi, Danny. It makes sense um, to cancel those when uh, they no longer serve, you know, the purpose that they were intended for. Uh, you know, why did you take out this term insurance in the first place? How much longer you said it's coming up? Um, you know, how much longer until that term actually elapses? Um, you know, most likely for most people that we sit down with, they are looking to cover bills they're looking to cover the mortgage when when you know one of you maybe it's yourself maybe it's your wife is working if you were to pass away prematurely you want to ensure that the other spouse is taken care of if you're in a situation now where it sounds like you've got a you know comfortable level save for retirement you've got social security assuming the mortgage is paid off you may not need traditional term insurance any longer um, now you can determine whether that premium is worth it if you want to keep it for um, you know, inheritance to pass on to somebody else tax free yet. Um, but more, more likely than not for families that are getting close to retirement, they start to be concerned not as much about that term benefit for insurance, but what happens as we age if we need additional help, say for long term care, which we know that Medicare does not cover. So those are the types of questions also that people will come to us for saying, well, if I want to protect my nest egg and ensure that the nursing home doesn't get it all, get it all, what else can be done? 
um, to, to cover that with insurance or with other tools um, to keep as much of that within your family unit as possible. All right, Danny, Marjorie, Herman, Bonnie, thank you for all your questions. Again, up against the clock here. Uh, final thoughts before we wrap up the show, guys. Well, we appreciate everybody tuning in today. We hope that we covered some topics that were uh, helpful for you today. And as we as we leave the show today, write down the telephone number, give us a call. Let's get your retirement lifestyle review in place to give you the retirement that you have looked forward to and that you deserve. Folks, it's advice like this shows you how important it is to meet with a financial coach. Let me give you that phone number right now. Punch it in while you're thinking about it. 866-203-7486. Get a look at what could be your holistic retirement plan. Sam, Andy, and Luke and the team will go over income building, tax planning, protected components, and much more in this comprehensive review offered at no cost or no obligation. What are you waiting for? Do not procrastinate. Pick up the phone. Punch it in those numbers right now, 866-203-7486, 866-203-7486. The show has flown right on by. I'd like to thank everyone for listening. We hope you found out what was helpful today. We look forward to all of you being back next week. We'll have new conversations and new questions right here on Your Retirement with Sam, Luke, and Andy. Guys, I enjoyed the show. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Investment advisory services offered through Dual Financial Strategies, LLC, a Wisconsin registered investment advisor. Dual Financial Strategies does not provide legal or tax advice. Investment advisor representatives of Dual Financial Strategies may only conduct business with residents of the states and jurisdictions in which they are properly registered. Insurance and annuity products are sold through Dual Financial Strategies.